Welcome to D&D&D, D&D, 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 dinner party role-playing podcast. I'm your host, host and Dungeon Master, Master Denise Gressel, and, and with me today Bell. are two, two really, fun really fun people. people. Say, Say hi, hi Mike and Beth. People. Hi. 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 <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's a preview of what kind of episode this is going to be. We, yeah, we're, we're, we have, we have a, um, uh, a tight window this week and too much story to fit into that window. So we're, we're going to do a little bit something different. We're just kind of going to, this is going to be a little bit more of a, a hangout mini episode. Uh, and then we're going to get back to the story next week. So you're not going to have to wait two weeks for the episode. Just saying that up front, thinking about all the story that we have to get into with this, this kind of dungeon crawly, uh, more getting to the end of the prequel um, in the window that we have this week, we want to kind of open that can of worms just to shut it down real quick. So um, what we're going to do is just kind of hang out for a little bit. Yep. <laughs> what happened was <laughs> Mike and Beth and I have not seen each other for a few weeks, which yep. is weird going back four, five years, six years now. So yeah. um, we are so used to seeing each other at least but back when we back lived, in the, yeah, back in the, in the apartment, same, yeah, yeah. In the apartment, that yeah, we yeah. saw each other multiple times a week, yeah, almost every day. And then now, after you guys moved, we see you at least once a week. But it was for yeah, for a bit, for a bit. Well, yeah, well, well for a bit COVID, it was no, and yeah, then we, <laughs> no, well, for like a year it was no, yeah. it was nothing. Yeah, it's one of the the problems with creating things with your close friends is that when this happens and we haven't seen each other for a couple of weeks. We're just shooting the shit. Yeah. We just have to record. Like, how was your week? What yeah. did you do? What games did you play? What movies? What TV? Like, just mm-hmm. yeah, it's because freaking James and doing his dead meat <laughs> award show. Uh, I was not incapacitated, but I was working. On you were his, incapacitated. Do you I have like a panic attack on the floor? I did get incapacitated <laughs> once. Yes, I will not lie. But then, I was getting text messages like, Beth, I can't do it. I'm, I've got too much on my plate. I, I did message James and was like, hey, I don't know if I'm going to be able to finish this. This is a lot of work. Blah, blah, blah. I did freak out. However, it mostly it was because we have a puppy at home and like managing the puppy and doing all of this work and having a full time job was just a lot for one day. Yeah, I, that yeah. one day really got me. And then so basically my weekends, anytime I was not working on this project, I felt guilty. So we didn't record the past two weekends we because of that um so it's all james fault it's all <laughs> james's fault hope, oh by this time it will it will it be will out aired, yeah so, it, so check if, it out. if you have not watched the dead meat horror awards go go check it out um, partially edited by mike Sagan and graphics by beth radloff yeah. and semi we we definitely gave we're low-key producers yeah, on that. Yeah. That, well, I, James has ha, had indicated to me that that's how he's, he saw your role. He was, he was raving about you guys. I, will, I, will, I, don't, I don't know if I'm permitted to say or not, <laughs> but he was, he was raving about your, your uh, contributions to the show and just that's how sweet. much better you guys made the show. Aww. So I can't wait that's to see sweet. it. I saw the little montage that you did, Mike, and holy yeah. fuck, was it good. Thanks. So I can't wait to see the whole show. It's cool. Like, I, it's one of those things where the, a, a montage of that caliber was, it was 51, 52 movies, holy horror movies God. that came out in 2021. I had seen two <laughs> or one. Like, I have only seen a few of them. I'm not a horror guy. I don't yeah, watch yeah. horror movies. Um and so I'm sitting there like, I, I don't know how to do this. I don't know how to watch 50 movies and be able to pick portions of those to put in this montage. But l- luckily, James has editors mm. on his staff that work nine to five, where I'm also working nine to five, but at my regular job. So <laughs> I literally could not watch. I, I did not have the time. They ended up, the editors pulled selects for me. Um, so that way I could just breeze through and see what would work. The hardest part was making a narrative to tell a story in a montage and make all of these movies kind of talk to each other. And uh, it was a it was a it was very tough. The time I uh, freaked out with James, I was like, I don't in my head. I didn't have a story yet. I had an intro, but I didn't have the ending. And through freaking out, I was able to calm down and really figure out the narrative to go to piece all these movies and have them talk mm-hmm. and be cohesive. And I, it turned out, I'm so happy with it's the way so it turned cool. out. It's so good. I, I, I can't wait to see the whole show. Uh, yeah. It, it's, it's funny how that's, that happens. I feel like, 
I don't know, maybe that's not the best way to work creatively, but I feel like that's definitely happened to me a bunch I of times. I think that's a part of the process of making something, though, because you start with like all of the potential mm-hmm. and all your ideas and you're you have to convince yourself that it's going to be incredible in order to start. Yeah. And then you start and you're like, oh, what I do is hard. Halfway through is when all of the doubts come mm-hmm. and you're on the floor crying because how, how, why did I think that I could do something so incredible as watch 51 movies and put together a, <laughs> a, a spot like this? Yeah. And then you figure it out. You keep moving through that difficult time. Uh, Something cracks, something opens up, and suddenly you have a completed piece. And once another person looks at it and they go, wow, all of the good feelings come in. It's why we do it. It's why we do it. It is. That's what you just described is every single time I start a trailer Mm -hmm. or a TV spot. Every time I I start a painting. We go, creative people, we go through this. Every time James (laughs) makes a soup. (laughs) I do. I, I had this 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 week. I made something that I was I was really really happy with, and it was so funny because like I mean it's a different kind of thing with food and the and like the story of the show. But like I I, I made a I made a, a short rib pasta sauce, and I thought that the I I braised the short ribs for a long time, and then I made uh, and then I uh, blended up the raising liquid into a sauce and the, and reduced it a little bit. And I thought that the braising liquid was way too much for me. I was like, "Fuck!" I spent five hours and a bunch of money on this sauce to, mm. and then it's like too much for me, and it's not what I wanted, and whatever you know. But then sat on it, didn't finish it that day. The next day came back, or a couple days later came back, and. With the pasta and some pasta water, or whatever, it all came together and it was awesome. Uh-huh. Nice. And it's like that's or or like, and that happens with this with this show too, with the story and stuff too, where I'll like think of something or you you have an idea and it's like, well, what? But then what? Or you guys, you guys will change the story and get yourselves into a situation. I'm like, how? But wait, what? How am I gonna? <laughs> But then you have those moments of it comes together. Or you real you figure it out. You you know though. That's really kind of what it's about in a way is the the discovery mm-hmm. aspect of it is kind of an underrated aspect of creativity, I feel like. Hugely. Like we always we always talk about like the end result. Yeah. You know, like your spot was amazing. It it is amazing. Thanks. Yeah. The end result is great. Mm-hmm. But the journey. The, yeah. And for you personally, as the person who made it, I'm sure that moment when you cracked it, that moment, like, like, <laughs> like I like when I cracked a big moment for the prequel that you guys haven't been been to yet. Mm-hmm. I like ran and told James, <laughs> like, <laughs> like I've done it. You know, <laughs> like you have personally for the artist, Beth, I wonder how you feel about this too, of like that moment yeah. where like it, you, you get it. And that is almost better than getting it done. Or mm. it's a different, it's a different kind of good, I yeah. guess. You know, because eating that pasta was also very good. <laughs> <laughs> I something I haven't talked to you about this, Gressel, but something that I have started appreciating because of this show and because of you as a chef, you are a writer, storyteller, performer, chef. Mm. And um, we have talked about or you've come to me and talked about like as a chef, you want to kind of have a signature yes. or have a vibe. That That's something I'm working on. Yeah. Yeah. yeah like a style. Mm-hmm. For a different term. And it's it's been really surprising to me how directly related, um, let's say, illustrating or painting is to being a chef cooking. It's not just recipes in the same way that like sitting down and painting isn't just the uh, paint by the numbers, so mm-hmm. to speak. Um, you are making these very active decisions that are unique to you. So the cook, the dishes that you cook and the paintings that you paint, when somebody looks at that, tries that there's a part of you in it. And I, I, I knew that cooking was an expression and could be an artistic expression. Certainly you see like elevated, ugly, delicious or chef's table or Netflix shows that really do celebrate that aspect of it. Um, but I guess I, I have been personally really starting to understand how exact being a chef is in equal to being an artist. Mm. Like they're really, sometimes you'll be like, I don't, I don't know if this relates to you and your paintings, Beth, but it does. It always does. A hundred percent of the time. And I'm, I'm really pleased by that. 
it's so fun for me in these in the last like years a couple years i guess i feel like i've I, 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 you know, part of it is like the recipe cards for the patron rewards for this show or like, or the, or having to make food for you guys and present that food in kind of a more public way. Cause it's one thing to be a home cook and, you know, be a hobbyist and, and cook for, you know, myself or my family or even, or friends or, you know, mm-hmm. but it's another thing to kind of present it publicly and it, it changes, it changes it a little bit. And, and, and like early on, you know the food on this show if you go back and you look at season 1 and the 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 dinners that we were having it seemed very disjointed and unconnected from the story even though you know it was still kind of like you know the idea is the food inspires the story inspires me to tell the story that's kind of the thing and early on it was more just i would think about the story while cooking it then became you know in season 2 it really changed to how does whatever how does this what does this dish make me think of and how does that kind of translate into this fantasy story but in doing like the recipe cards and stuff like that and going back and looking at the food that that I've made in the past and looking at it with hindsight it's really made me think more about like yeah like what makes what makes it a story and not a con- collection of recipes mm-hmm. you know like and what am I really saying with the food that I'm making? Cause I'm saying something with this story and that's always been, it's always been like, you know, having the the educational background that I do of like having studied, you know, writing and storytelling and, and everything like it, that has always been clear to me that like, I am trying to say something with this story. What that is has changed over time, but that's always, obviously that's always an aspect of it. Like we are, we are creating the art for a purpose. We're trying to say something, about ourselves or about the world or about whatever through the things that we're creating. And that change yeah. is also harkening back to like while you're while you're editing, while you're painting, while you're making something, yeah. the discovery of what that thing is becoming is that change. Right. It wasn't until later that I realized that the there's also that in the food. Yeah. And and you know, it's it's now becoming a bigger part of like, well, how am I telling the story with the food as well as telling the story with the story, mm. you know, and something that I, yeah, that we, I've, I've mentioned casually, I think on air and then also in just our regular conversations. And I say it in our food chat sometimes too. And we have a group food chat where we take <laughs> pictures of the things that we make and share them with all of our friends. <laughs> sometimes I feel like I'm very obnoxious in that chat. Because <laughs> sometimes it'll be like days where it's just me. And I'm like, oh, no, I'm pissing everybody off. No. Um, but, uh, you know, it's like, what? yeah, what is my kind of storytelling voice through food the way that I have a storytelling voice in the story? Like, I... I, I I feel like I do have a storytelling voice. At this point in the show, five years in, I have a storytelling voice on the show. Mm-hmm. Like, you know. It'd be weird if you didn't. <laughs> yeah. Like, like uh, you know, I, I feel like, especially end of season three, season four, and in this prequel especially, I feel like I've really kind of started to hit a stride of like, you know, how how the show runs, the story that we're telling, whatever. How can I do that through the other thing that I like to create, the other thing that I like to you express myself artistically and that is that is through food what is my voice that way that's a thing that i'm really trying to do and you know and it's i'm also not a professional chef where like i don't have the uh the background and the experience to really kind of dial in that i'm still learning which is also really fun mm-hmm. you know to to kind of have this other this other medium to kind of play around with it's like if you picked up clay yeah <laughs> you know oh sorry i want to go back to cracking the moment where you crack the the code essentially of of like oh the, the eureka moment yeah, yeah yeah because my eureka moment was i still didn't feel good but uh so i so after i told james that i didn't think that i could do it i was freaking out he said oh it's okay man I'll, I'll, I'll finish the, the montage if, if it gets to that point. And I was like, okay. And then I told myself that, okay, it's because that was a Friday and I was like, all right, I'm going to work on it this weekend. And then come Monday, I'm done. Like I, I just cannot work on it anymore. And then Saturday rolls around 
And I walk into Beth's office and I'm like, I'm going to keep doing this. And you specifically, I was, uh, you were bummed. I was. You were like, why? <laughs> I'm not kidding. Like, I, I sure. and I started to doubt myself, but I, I had, I had hit that eureka moment where I was like, I know what I want to say. I know how I want to tell this story. And I didn't know that. Mm. I, I knew. The frustration. The, yeah. 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 But so, and I, what I, the whole, the whole point is, uh, I don't want I don't want people to think that you have to go through um the oh my gosh this is so fun I can do it to oh my gosh complete despair and then you're <laughs> like oh hey, hey I did it cuz that's like a that's like a you watch that on a on on the t- television you know <laughs> but it doesn't always have to be like that you you can go from being super excited to about something to in the middle still being excited and not be sad <laughs> and then also still put out a great product which is which is cool but i'll never i'll never forget how i felt in that moment telling you i was scared yeah of what you were going to say cuz i knew what you were going to say <laughs> and even after that leaving your leaving your office and being like man i she's not she she's bummed for me i thought he was making a mistake she thought i was making a mistake and and that made me think that am i making a mistake but i wasn't and i ended up doing having that eureka moment and knocking it out of the park in, mm-hmm. in, in, in even just in my own opinion i think like i'm gonna put that on my website because yeah. i i love that piece so much but i did have a moment where i was like this yeah like this isn't gonna happen the day afterwards i was in the bathroom and so mike's office we ha- our bedroom is lofted <laughs> so he's up yeah. up above the bedroom and then there's a bathroom attached to the bedroom and i was in the bathroom and i'm all i'm doing is listening to what the trailer sounds like just the sound bed alone and getting shivers <laughs> yeah for sure i believe it and i came out of there and i was like what yeah and that's when she came i was out. wrong <laughs> she was like she, she yelled up she's like that sounds amazing i don't even i'm not even looking at it. i was like yes i know i figured it out like uh, everybody helped along the way mm-hmm. which is Sometimes you need that help. I uh, I will chime in and say that yes, it is true that you don't need to have that roller coaster ride of an experience when you're making something. Um, it's also okay if you always have that roller coaster <laughs> yes, ride when you're right. making something. Jesus, because that's my experience. But every <sighs> I could just I could just draw a little face in my sketchbook, and it goes from like I'm the best artist, I'm the worst artist. This is finished every time, every <laughs> fucking time. <laughs> What, something I've noticed with this show is the times when I've spent more time writing things, like when I try to, um, when I try to more closely resemble what like a pre-written campaign is, when mm. I try to like really, really, really pre-write things to where I'm like reading some of the the narration. I have more of that journey of like where when I write it, I'm like, all right, great. This is I, I'm fucking mm. George R. R. Martin right now. <laughs> yeah. I, am, I am the fantasy king. And then we'll then go back and either read it or we'll be reading it on air and be like, this fucking sucks. <laughs> oh, <no. laughs> this is the worst thing oh. that anybody's ever put on paper. Oh, I can see and it in the we'll light of day, to- <laughs> and the mistake has been made. Yeah, yeah and like, well, we're here now. And, <laughs> and then we'll go back, and, and when, I'm, when I'm cutting it or whatever, we'll be like, it's fine, it works. It's, you know, yep. like, and then, you know, and then you guys will come in and make it better, and, and you know, you know it'll, it'll go from there. But, like, it is, it's just... It's just such an interesting thing, the, the these creative pursuits that we have. And, and you know, anybody listening, you know, this is now an Art Friends episode. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it really is. Uh, you know, oh, shit. But, you know, if, if for creative people who, who are listening or, you know, no matter what your creative thing is, I'm sure, you know, you, you're... You probably do more creativity in your life than you even realize, but it's or it's a very thrilling way to live. Or things yeah. that you don't think are creative are creative. Like I was like thinking, cooking. Yeah, yeah, cooking. I was just thinking about like electrical work. I don't know how the fuck people do electrical work. God, right? But they it like it, like if you're an electrician, you walk into a house that is fully done, and they're like, "Hey, we need to do this and this and this." Mm-hmm. I wouldn't. I would freak out and be like, "I don't know how I'm going to get this done." Where mm-hmm. do you put the Where holes? Put, yeah. Like, there's an art to there's an art to that too. So yeah. it's like it's 100%. not just 
create. I mean, it's I creative thinking. Creative thinking is mm-hmm. is wonderful and infuriating and magical. Like it's it's everything. Yeah, you know, it really is. It's and deeply human. Yeah. I remember I went to a, an artist retreat back in 2019, and they were talking about like why why be creative. What what is it about creative thinking that is so important to human beings? Like why are we so fascinated by these things? Um, and what's the point that I want to make about this? There was a slide where they were talking about the Eiffel Tower is its own thing. And then cheese is its own thing. And then this one guy made the Eiffel Tower out of cheese and it went viral. And a bunch of people were like, that's really interesting. And I love to look at it and experience it. But, but why? Why are we so fascinated with these kind of new ways of examining things that we know about. And like, uh, to go back to the Eiffel Tower, architecture. Mm-hmm. He, he, it's, that creative thinking in art itself is so uh, integral to being human that the box that we put our stuff in <laughs> looks so many different ways for so many different reasons. There's that show Home, I believe, on Apple TV. I don't know if you guys watched it, Tell me about it stuff. Uh, it's where they like each episode is centered around like some guy has, you know, 500 square foot apartment and has it completely modular mm-hmm. and or this house is made only of bamboo mm-hmm. or this house. is Like, it's just the coolest thing in the world. Like the 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 creative ways people build the boxes that we put our stuff in. Yeah, it's not logical. It's not functional. It's art it's interesting When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. My college roommate, my the best man at my wedding, his name is Mike, he is an engineer. And in college, he built a bike out of bamboo. <clears throat> really? Yeah. And wheels and everything? I think the wheels were wheels. Okay, but, but just the structure. But the, the, the frame of it, the frame. handles, the seat, the whole nine yeah. was uh was bamboo. And that was very much a why? <laughs> you know? <laughs> but but like and and it wasn't he wasn't trying to make a better bike. He uh-huh. wasn't trying to make like a new invention or anything. It was just a, as as best as I can remember, it was just to do it. Yeah. You know, to, to make something. And, you know, I think that there's sometimes in, in like popular consciousness or, or, or whatever, in society, I don't know what I'm trying to say. There's a there's a disconnect between like the mechanical make something with your hands and the like capital C creative or whatever or, mm-hmm. or like capital A art. For me, there's something about the intent of like I had this idea, I just have to see it through, and there, and no matter what that idea is, if it's just if it's, you know, an efficient electrical system in a house or if it's building a bike out of bamboo or whatever, if you just want to accomplish a problem by creating something with yourself, with your mind or your hands or both or whatever, that there's something that's so cool to me about that and and the curiosity that it takes to propel yourself through those tasks, to get mm-hmm. yourself over the humps of, I don't know how to do this mm-hmm. or this is terrible or whatever. It, it's it's that's something that always drives me to, 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 to bring this Dungeons and Dragons podcast back to Dungeons and Dragons. Whenever I make a character that's like going to be a, a player character or a major character, uh, I'm working on, on a new character for a, a campaign that a friend is going to run for fun, uh, not for content. <laughs> and uh, I'm, I realized while I was putting together this character that all the characters that I really that I make for me or that I love 
are curious. Curiosity is such an important aspect of characters that I, I, I want to embody. Oh. That, to me, is such a driving force, is that curiosity and, and wanting to find out more, whether it's in, in an intellectual way or in a creative way or, 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 or whatever. Oh, weird. So this is like something that you found out about yourself through Just playing recently, this game. Just recently, through playing D&D. Yeah, wow. yeah, yeah. Through, by, by, yeah, over the course of the years working on this show. And then this was just, I was, you know, like, this is just a random fun game. Any, probably a bunch of people listening who play D&D have, have gone through this before. You're, you're making a character for a game. Mm-hmm. It is the first thing that you have to do. Um, but by doing this, I did have this realization of like, there is this, com- there is this common thread in these characters that I create that I resonate with. And, and it is a curiosity. It's something it's, it, it's, it, if you look at the document that I sent you about Nils mm-hmm. and probably Katheria too, I guarantee you the word curiosity is in there. <laughs> and, you know, that's an aspect to other NPCs in, in D and D and D it's an aspect to this new character that I'm making. It's something in a lot of the stuff that I've written for other stuff that I'm, that I went back and realized like that is a, very crucial aspect to what resonates to me in characters that I respond to, not just, and not just that I create, but just in, in other things too. If someone's not curious, they're uninteresting because then what are you doing? Like, like if you're not, if you're not seeking out something new, if you're not an adventurer, (laughs) stay in the fucking tavern, you know, like (laughs) what, what I love about this is it's to bring it back to food. Yeah. I feel like inspiration feeds creativity, which feeds curiosity, which then feeds inspiration. Like, it, it all just feeds into itself. Because, like, your buddy that made the bamboo bike, if that inspired one person to I was make thinking this some, exact same be thing. Be like, well, he did that. I wonder if I could do that. That's curiosity. Mm-hmm. Then, also, that's creativity. And that, and that's also inspiration. So that's all three of those things. And it's a ripple it, effect out to the people who know about it. And know exactly. The fact that you brought up this bamboo bike, I don't know if he really thinks about the bamboo bike much at all, but it helped kind of... <laughs> yeah, that was 12, 13 years ago. <laughs> <laughs> it seems to have helped you sort of re-examine uh, 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 the why of it. Mm-hmm. And that's... He'll never know the impact of that bamboo bike on you. It, it well it made me rethink a lot of things too. It, he he really changed the way that I felt about kind of that whole profession or that whole. It, it, at the ah. time it was college, so the area of study, I guess. Yeah. But you know, like I yeah, because when you think of engineers, you think of check boxes and yeah, lists. and math, right and wrong. Yeah. You know, and, black and white. Um, you know, my both both my roommates were uh, engineers. And they very safe degree to take back in when we were in college, especially out of out of Michigan. Like that, that's that was the breeding ground. You wanted a job, you get an engineering degree, be an engineer. Um, and uh, you know, I always thought of it, yeah, like you were saying, very black and white and uninteresting and whatever. But the way the way that he was able to, and I, I I consider him a very you know creative and 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 curious person. The way that he was able to apply his knowledge set and his passion for the way things work to new ideas and to exploring curiosity really made me rethink what it means to be creative. What it means, because, you know, like I, especially at the time, you don't have to be navel gazy to be creative you don't have to be well read to be intellectual you don't have to be you don't have to carry that little leather bound journal around in your back pocket no right yeah that has a hundred pages and four notes in it (laughs) (laughs) you know that's something that they told us in film school is like yeah put a put a little book in your pocket always keep it there for you know good ideas inspiration and i did that where i had like maybe a few pages and then the rest of the pages were like this is what i want this is who i high-fived yesterday this is what i did (laughs) it's just like what picture of darkwing duck yeah like truly just like random shit and i've never looked at that book and been like oh an idea but you know you don't have to do that Mm -hmm. it can come from anywhere and that's why what's cool is i you know hopefully this podcast has inspired some one person to cook or make something that otherwise they like were on the fence about doing, like push them to do something cool. And I think that's, what's so neat about um, this, this medium, the show 
uh, inspiration, creativity, curiosity in general. It's just like, I feel like it just keeps, keeps making cool things. People make cool things because they're inspired by other cool things. A hundred percent. My, my favorite messages that we get are, I started playing D and D because of your show. That's so cool. Like this game has brought so much to me through the show. I mean, in the biggest way, most tangible way. Thank you, everybody, for listening and supporting the show. But just outside of that, the game of D&D has enriched my life to such a degree that at this point, I think, is incalculable. It's it's really strange because I know that, that you know, so many people have their own, you know, D&D story and their own, you know, personal meaning f- that, that, that this has their own personal meaning to, to them. But, mm-hmm. like... You know, it's it's such a special thing to tell a story collaboratively like this, to create something with people. And 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 like you have to. Like that's the nature of this game is like you have to be working together mm-hmm. yeah. to make to for this to work. Like it's not like like, if we were playing, like, you know, when I'm playing Elden Ring tonight, <laughs> Elden Ring will work whether I play it or not. Everyone else <laughs> is going to be able to play Elden Ring because Elden Ring is done and, and is a contained thing that everybody can interact with individually. I know that it's online. I don't play it online. <laughs> but, uh, you know, it's a much more individual. You, one, you, you, you play the game and the game is there and it is what it is. But this... Like, if I stop playing Elden Ring, everybody else in our Elden Ring uh, group chat is going to continue to play Elden Ring. We have another group chat where it's only the people who play Elden Ring. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, if one of you didn't want to play D&D anymore, it would be fundamentally Oof. different. You know, it's it's like it was it definitely changed when Joel left. It definitely is different with James and Chelsea not on it right mm-hmm. now. Mm-hmm. And if either of you were to stop doing it, it would be a, I don't know. I don't know if, I don't know how it would go on, you know? So there, there's, I love the collaborative nature of it. And I love that, like, you have to work together and like, it makes you think about different things. Like I had that curiosity realization because of (laughs) D&D, like, it's just such a special thing. That like I can't really articulate, and it's it's just cool to me that people are going to get to experience that in their own lives because of listening to our show. That's bananas to me. Yeah, and they're going to find their own journey, and they're going to make their own characters, and they're gonna they're gonna be like, wait, all of my characters have this thing in common, or whatever. That they're going to have that realization about themselves, mm-hmm. and or about their friends, or about you know whoever, whatever, through this thing. It's cool. Mike and I were just talking about that yesterday. Like, making room in our lives to take a step back and appreciate, genuinely appreciate the positive impacts that you have had on on people you will never know. The strangers in the world who enjoy the things that you make. Um, because I, I know for me, the, like a, a pillar, a, a pillar made out of toothpicks of my presence in the world is that, like, I want to do something incredibly important and remarkable i want to i want to change the world right Mm. whatever the fuck that means um and it's an unachievable goal that i will never achieve but accepting that is like crippling and so instead i just work towards it and let it prevent me from doing cool stuff at the same time 24 7 and uh i'm i my work just for me personally is trying to dismantle that and be okay with like being a, a small person who has a small ripple effect, but then appreciating that ripple effect and appreciating that that then causes other ripples. And like, you can have a beautiful effect in the world without um, being famous or whatever that means, fulfilling your potential, quote unquote. And it's exactly what you're talking about. Well, it's so weird too, because like, like I agree. I feel the same way. I'm like, I want to do something that has an impact that, you know, I want to create something that, you know, is meaningful, that lasts or whatever. You know, the the things, the reasons. But it's something. It's it's, it's like, it's not real. It's not a a plan. There's no, there's nothing you can actively do to get to that 
achieve that goal. Right. You know? and, and like, it's, it's so hard to like what Mike was talking about with like inspiration and stuff. It's like you are, we are all inspired by things. Yeah. Like there, there are all different things in our lives that have led us to be the creatives that we are that have impacted us in these profound ways. D and D is one for me. Um, you know, other pieces of art that have fundamentally changed our, our, our core being, you know, that have, that have altered our DNA with their mere existence. <laughs> And those things have impacted us to such a degree. Princess Mononoke. <laughs> <laughs> but, but, but yeah, for example. So like, like that's, a, that's a good example. Or like, that is this pillar of art. Yeah. This incredible work of, of you know, unimaginable magnitude to, to you personally yeah. and to many people. And how could we ever dream to create something that would have that kind of impact? Yeah. But something like, but we, we have had impact through the (laughs) things that we've made. And that's the thing that you like, like, it's like not the same thing. You can't, because it's not you, you're not experiencing that impact. You know, whenever I fucking cook something and I taste it and I'm like, I can taste all the individual flavors because I know exactly what I put in here and there's nothing special or cool about it. And then I put it in front of Mike and he's like, this is a $45 dish that I could order at a high-end restaurant. Wow. How did you do this? Incredible. And I'm like, it tastes like paper. It's my favorite thing to do. Whenever she puts something in front of me, I'm like, hmm, okay, this is at a, at a breakfast restaurant. This is like probably $17. This is yeah, pretty yeah. good. It's very complimentary. It's sometimes I really like, like that. Yeah, so I that. always try to put a price tag on whatever she puts in front of me. <laughs> what, I, what I do, I wonder if you do this, Beth. What I do to Erica is I'll, I'll, I'll run up here and I'll give her a spoon. And then, you know, I'll be like, tell me how this is bad. <laughs> 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 like, like, I already know this sucks. Confirm it. <laughs> like, you know, <laughs> instead of like, instead of just being like, you know, is this right How's or whatever. Taste? Like, yeah. yeah, you know, you know, and, and it's, it's funny. Like, we've been watching a bunch of um, uh, Top Chef lately, which I love. I know, I, if I crack that can open, I'll be drinking it all summer. Oh, yeah. It goes fast. Um, <laughs> you, uh, I love watching... Uh, or, or like any, you know, any food uh, docu-series or whatever TV show with like, you know, um, you have these amazing, talented, incredible high-end chefs and stuff. They'll taste something like I, at, at, on Top Chef. Eventually, they get to a point where contestants who have been voted out will work for the fi- finalists cool. to present their like final meal. So you'll have the and, and everybody is amazingly talented. Like, it's funny. Because people be voted out first in Top Chef, and you're like, well, you know, oh, they couldn't hack it. Mm. They're amazing. (laughs) (laughs) The caliber to be on that show. Yeah, it's just outrageous. Um, But, uh, you know, they'll, so they'll get to the end, and these incredible people who, like, came just short, like, you know, these so, so, such incredibly talented people who maybe had, like, one bad day or whatever, they, they didn't make it to the finals. They will cook something. They'll give it to the finalist to taste. The finalist who is like executing their like vision for their best meal to win a ton of money and fame and, you know, success and all the things that come with winning a show like that will be like good and move on. (laughs) You know, and Uh. like if I make something that I really do think is good, if that like you know, if I were to make something that I would be comfortable, like, presenting to other people, to, like, judges or whatever, I'd be le- like, oh, my God. Like, when you taste something and it's really, really good, it's amazing. It's an incredible experience to, like... Ratatouille mouth. Right, yeah. But then they're just like, great, spoon in the sink, move on to the next thing. <laughs> and I just think it's so funny to me to have that kind of reaction to, like, creating something that is obviously going to like knock people off their you know out <laughs> yeah. of their socks but that's just you know it's 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 funny too with something like that like i think about this with with chefs or or, or cooking one of the reasons why i'm so in awe of them as creatives is they have to do it every fucking day yeah that's how you get uh, good bake off every I, i'm like god i would crack in the first challenge and they do this if they get to the end. They do it what ten episodes or yeah. whatever. Oh my, three times 
three bakes. That's I, so much bread. It's just so much. And I, I commend anybody on those kind of shows. That but there's there's science behind um, getting good at anything. The famous study is this photography class where you've got this teacher who split the photography class down the middle where half the students, their job was to uh, take one incredible photo. Like the, the entire semester, all you need to do is take the, the best photo you have ever taken in your entire life. Uh, and then the other class, what they were supposed to do is take as many photos as possible. Like the person who takes the most photos who is the winner of, of the class. Um, and so the semester goes on, everybody does their work. And at the end of the semester, you look at all of like the final presentation. Here's, here's your top chef moment. And a hundred percent of the time, the best photos are taken by the people who took the most photos. Mm -hmm. It is about doing it, practice, getting to a place where the food that you are making that is going to change the world just tastes good to you. Mm -hmm. <laughs> but that's, that's the frustration, right? Though, yeah, is that you like you appreciate. don't want to, <laughs> like you want to make Princess Mononoke. You don't uh -huh. want to do like your doodles in the margins. Like you want to, yeah. you know, like mm -hmm. that, that's. That's what's so frustrating, especially like what is that the Ira Glass Ira Glass quote about like taste? Have you guys? I think it's him. Is it the dip? I I I'm misremembering, and I might not be attributing it to the right person. But there's something about like you don't even like when you just start out, you have taste or whatever, and like it's your taste that will guide you to where eventually, if you keep working hard, you'll be able to, you know, make something that will match up to your taste. I'm, I don't remember exactly what it is, but it's something about like, you have to put in the time to get to the level of the stuff that you like. Yeah. And it will be mm -hmm. very frustrating because yeah, what you're talking about is the dip where on a, on a graph, your appreciation of what's good, the more you do something, the better you will understand what the best version of that is. Mm -hmm. And that will straight go up. But your ability without work might not go up. Mm -hmm. And so suddenly you will understand, as you understand the medium better, you'll understand how how sort of bad you are at it until you get good at it from the practice of the bad stuff. Mm -hmm. Everybody's like, I have, uh, I, I can't draw right now because I have art blocks. Like, no, you don't have art block. You just are drawing bad things and that's good. Draw mm -hmm. bad you stuff. keep doing it. Make bad things. And that's how you make good things. Yeah, being, being what, I'm 33 now, I'm scared of failure. It sucks. I don't want to You would think that you'd learn this, yeah. but you don't. No, but like it thinking It never back, gets better. It never gets better. Thinking back to like me in college, I was just doing a bunch of stuff. I was doing whatever I could. And now it's to the point where I'm like, okay, I, I'm good. And if I make a bad thing. But our taste is so much higher now. Yeah. And so even like, even stuff that I've uh, finished that, have, that has won awards and stuff, I'm, I look back and I'm like, I could have done that differently. I could have. I should have done this a little bit. Like, why is this sound effect so well? Like, yeah. stuff like that. So I'm always critiquing my stuff. Um, but no matter what, just do it. And, and then the, the other side like, of that is like, share it. Open it up for other people to appreciate and enjoy. Because you can't know yourself without the help of others. Mm -hmm. And you can't know the impact that you're making or the... the uh, even though your taste is is high and you know how good you are sort of on your own value scale... Other people are there to enjoy the thing that you made. So do that. Share that. And mm -hmm. let them decide that you're Princess Mononoke. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's it's funny. I, I'm reminded of another uh, conversation with my, my friend Mike um, about uh, like what you were saying about how, you you know, you, you get older. We're older now. We're so afraid of failure. Um, but like when I was in college... I thought I was such hot shit and like it made me think of this conversation I had with Mike in college about um uh riding a bike it's also bike related <laughs> um, Mike's a big bike guy <laughs> I guess so uh you know we moved to Ann Arbor uh and you know we were moving into our into the house that we lived in we were putting the bikes or whatever I didn't have a helmet I didn't have a bike helmet you know because it was stupid um <laughs> But, you know, like growing up, I didn't wear a helmet riding my bike around the neighborhood. Dude, one of my first, no. the only time I remember being a bully, there was a kid I didn't like. He was mean to me. So I'm justified. 
Uh, <laughs> anyway, he had a helmet on and yeah. he was riding his bike and I was like, hmm, loser. Exactly. And wow. he looked at me and he was like, I'm sorry that I don't want to crack my head open that's when I get hit. And I had no, I could say nothing back. That's he was right. That's exactly what Mike said. It was the same, yeah. it was the same thing. I was like, oh man, like I don't have a helmet. What are you doing? He was like, well, cause you know, he was like, he said, my brain is worth more now. Wow. And like, I thought that was such a clever way of like expressing that change in how you think about your own self-preservation. Wow. And like, it's funny because applying that creatively, it's like, that's so much what happened to me after college was like, I, I was like my self, my sense of self is worth more to me now. So I'm going to wear a helmet and protect myself from falling on my face. Yeah. When I, when I put, you know, if I were to present my my creative works. But I feel like what I'm about to say is probably wear a helmet if you ride a bike. But, or snowboarding or anything. Or anything. Always wear a Always helmet. Wear Protect a helmet. your head. Right now all three of us have helmets on. Yes. But in a way. But but don't <laughs> but don't wear a creative helmet. Like like be mm. more be ah. less afraid and less protective of your own um like be more willing to put yourself out there creatively, like something, because like, uh, you know, after graduating, I took all of my creative works from college and just hid them away from everybody. It was like all the stuff that I worked on in college, all the scripts that I wrote, all the short stories, whatever, everything that I wrote in college, I just like, it just sat on a hard drive. And ne- I never did anything with it. And what I I have said to every like, you know, new graduate student or whatever who comes to LA who I get connected with to meet with. It's like, do not let stuff sit on a hard drive. Like it doesn't, it, it will, it is the, the same end result happens if you send it to somebody and they don't like it as if it, you never send it to somebody. Mm. It's the same thing. But if you send it to somebody and, and they like it, that can never happen if you don't put it out there. Like that's, that's one of the things that I love about this show is that like, I have to put out my story every, yeah. you know, like yeah. it has to come out and people are listening to it. and. It doesn't matter. And while season one, maybe the food was disjointed and didn't really relate to the the intention of the show. But as time went on, because you had to make the thing. Yeah. We're here. You got, <laughs> Yeah. Like everybody got to live. Like if, if like people who are finding the show now, people who like tweet and be like, I caught up on the whole show in the last six weeks or whatever. Oh. Like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> but like, we were babies. We yeah. Were. Like you get to hear us get better at the show in real time. It's bananas. You like to hear me learn how to play. How to play. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's, uh, it, it is. It's I, I've been re-listening to it to get ready for season five. And it's it is. It's so frustrating <laughs> to be like, no, that's uh, not. And me as it, for me personally, it's me as an improviser. It's like with you guys, like especially like like I feel like at that time when we started in 2017, oh, we were like hot on improv. It was back like then. big improv. It was like the it it was. I think the wave had crested. It seems, but maybe I'm just not as plugged into it anymore. But there was like a time where like when like improv was like the thing and, you know, everybody was into all of our friends were into it. Everybody had taken classes except for me. Um, And I was flying by the seat of my pants a little bit and not as comfortable and not as willing to go along with stuff. And then, you know, it 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 was really learning as we go to how to do it in a way, mm. you know, and that's and what D and D like, yeah, as a dungeon master, you have to, you have improvise. to think on your feet. You have to yeah. improvise. Yeah. And like, hell yeah, dude. Cause you learned you, I don't think when we started, I ever had a moment where I was like, ah, Gressel's really saying no to me a lot, you know, <laughs> but I see what you mean. And I, I appreciate how you pivoted. Yeah. Especially cause we, being this a show there's no like hey let's redo that let's mm-hmm. let's do it this way instead and then we cut that that that, that has never happened so it's just all it's never improv. happened without losing the file yeah. <laughs> oh true yeah we've, we've lost we've twice. lost twice and we've had to redo stuff but we haven't we haven't redone stuff for creative reasons right right yeah, yeah. and that's impressive that is but i'm kind of surprised by that I would have loved to <laughs> a few times. I would have loved to, um, but, but what are the reasons why I think 
part of the reason why is like you know you, the the story moves too fast. Mm. Like, like we can't go back and change things because like the the characters have already lived those moments. Yeah, you know, and you guys have done such a good job of making these characters really grow. Like I miss every margarine. <laughs> we'll I get miss planner. <laughs> I'm excited to get back to all the the main characters. Yeah, uh, uh, we can talk about that. We, we are, there has been no structure to this so far, but I but now I will kind of have a little <laughs> bit of structure and just be like, "What are you? Are you are you guys pumped to get back to it? We're we're not far away now." I am. I'm scared though because it's been a long time since I've played Margarine, mm-hmm. and I'm playing a different campaign right now on Twitch with a character who is definitely not Margarine, but uh, similarly to you who chooses characters who are motivated by curiosity. I choose very gutsy characters. Mm -hmm. Everything that I play is, is headstrong guts, go for it, forward momentum type folks. Um, And so I'm just, I'm nervous that I will, she will be a little lobotomized for the next (laughs) season. I'm nervous for Fletch too, especially because I've, been playing nils which he he's so carefree and so fun and goofy i know that fletch was like kind of getting there to be like fun and kind of silly but it's a different kind of silly Mm -hmm. and i'm nervous i'm I'm scared that i'm gonna like slip into nils and (laughs) go a little wacky i think it'll be okay though because uh i anticipate that we're gonna have some sort of a time jump um from the end of season four yeah, it's not going to be right after for sure. Yeah, yeah. yeah I, I don't. That, that's not going to be a spoiler. There will be. Yeah, and that was a very transformative event that happened at the end of season four. So yeah. it makes sense for all of our characters to have changed. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I'm gonna. I think Fletch is gonna be a little bit bitter and uh, not himself because he doesn't have his stormtail storm bow. bow. Yeah, a limb has been severed. Yes, I think it, I, he'll be a little bit on edge. A little bit. Shit got real Angry. at the end of the season. <laughs> the end of season four was fucking intense. It was really cool. It like was. just uh, what was so cool about that, about season the end of season four, and most of this show is being in it. Um, I can I can see it as a as a movie or mm-hmm. a, as or an anim. I, I see it as an animated show. I do. So too. I'm seeing everything in animation style, which is really cool, and I, it's it's been really fun. I do too. I, I I picture the show in my head when I imagine it. It's always a cartoon. It's yeah. always it's always animated. Um, I I feel like that's kind of the best medium for it because it lets you kind of do whatever you want. You yeah. know, like you can be more, um, you know, animated about it for <laughs> for lack of a better word. I just think so. I think about the moment with the when you like when Marjorie gives Morgan the tear, <laughs> and it kills her. Like, that is just such a, like, in this, like, crazy space of, like, in-between existences Mm. and, like, you know, it's just this, like, that moment to me of that action is more than any kind of, like, monologue that you could have given to her would have done. Yeah. You know? And I, I just, I loved it. Yeah. I don't know. That's a long way of saying I just really love that moment. <laughs> it's, it's really cool. But it's it, the most fun I've ever had playing D and D. It's cool because so yeah, things don't have to be said. You just understand it. Yeah, and that moment was really cool because you didn't have to give a, a minute long speech about right and wrong and why she's wrong and you're right. And it just but the, also like the the dark fulfillment of this need that she has. Like to give her that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's like also a kindness that results in a very gruesome death. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I don't know if you guys can hear, but the puppy is stirring. Oh, he, is he is stirring. Wiggling. He's been napping this entire time. But yeah, I, I am excited to get back to, to the main story. I'm excited to get back to um Flack and and Zabbis too. I I yeah. we, Eric and I were watching something the other day, and and something came up that was that is like an end game thing for Zabbis. And I like paused what we were watching. And I was like, let me tell you how this relates to Zabbis. <laughs> Dang. And I I I was like, this is what I'm gonna do. And I've had this planned for so long for wow. Chelsea, and what? like, and I know it's gonna like 
oh, it's just this thing that like I know is gonna piss her off so much <laughs> no. in, like, in like the best way. Sure, yeah. you know that's gonna like motivate the character and everything. And cool. I, I can't wait to um to uh, introduce some to forward do momentum driving conflict. Because mm-hmm. there was, you know, like Flack had such a big journey last season too, and and yeah. um, you know, it'll be <laughs> talk. Tucky, do you have to pee? Yeah. Well, we're about an hour of this, uh, whatever this was, anyway. This is a hangout. This is a, this is a hangout. Like a- yeah, this was a hangout. The, uh, the food that would have been for today that, wasn't, that did inspire this, section, this, uh, this session was um, uh, drinks and cake and ice cream. Oh, what hell the- yeah. What the hell? Well, we can't so, have that for during the day. Well, yeah, that was that uh, was the issue because uh, yeah, we're adults. <laughs> Interesting. Uh, you know, sh- the rules? shared shared <laughs> shared meals is uh, you know, drinks are shared. Yeah, and uh, was it gonna and, be root beer floats. <laughs> they were they were kind of separate. Oh, okay. But uh, <laughs> then I was thinking about cake and ice cream because we've got some birthdays around this weekend, and um, mm. uh. I, I, it made me think of this specific thing that I won't get into now, but we can talk about after the fact once we play it. Cool. Which will be next week. If you're if you if you stuck with us through this hangout, then uh, we will get back to a regular stories uh, episode next week. I think this was cool though because it it's it. Hopefully this this episode uh, yeah, was uh, I, I inspiring fun. and like yeah, just talking about the creative process and sometimes the, I th- oh I you know just just the the, the hills and valleys that you have as a creative person or just in general, even if you're, you know, if you don't, even if you don't think what you're doing is creative. Yeah. You have to have creative thinking to fig- figure out problems that arise in your, I don't I, This was just cool. It was a really cool, I had a great time. Yeah. And I, um, something that's unique about our show, a lot of let's plays, uh, TTRPG podcasts, they get right into the story. The content of the show is very much, the game. Mm-hmm. Something that D and D and D has always sort of done is lets us be people and friends with each other on the show. Yeah. Where we have banter in the beginning of every episode that's kind of tied into the recap and things. Like it's it even though we're playing characters, it's we are also very much presences and characters on D and D and D. Me, <laughs> Beth, uh him, Mike, you, James, or Gressel. <laughs> 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 um and so I don't know. It, it is kind of nice to have a little sit down convo conversation episode. Well, that's that's that. I, that's always been important to me from the beginning of the 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 genesis of the idea of the show because that's been my experience with D and D is that like it's the dinner party part of it. It's, it is. It's the dinner party part of it. Like like you are. We are gathering together to tell this story, and that is as much part of telling the story as the story itself is the is the gathering aspect and and. You know, we as storytellers, you know, there, there, there is something alchemical about the the equation of bringing us together to do this. You know, and 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 without that coming together, there is no story. So, you know, there, this is an important part of it, and and I think that that you know, I always wanted to make sure that that was part of the DNA of this show was was that, you know, the table. You know, mm-hmm. the table yeah. is such an important part of that. Uh, the, it's the first T. Um, <laughs> and uh, we'll get back to it next week with more story. We left you guys off inside of a, uh, uh, at the beginning of a, of a, of a dungeon, dungeon of sorts, yeah. I guess. Castle dungeon. Castle dungeon. Um, you fell down some stairs and you found a skeleton. Skeletal right. hand was uh, Majumbo tumbled down. Yeah. Um, yeah. Oh yeah, it was going to be gross too. It was going to be a good one, and it was even. I wrote it even before playing Elden Ring. So. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um. Yeah. There's some spooky shit in that game. Scarlet rot. Oh my god. <laughs> so we'll be back next week to pick you guys up, uh, fighting whatever kind of um, spooky thing you have discovered down there. Anything else you guys want to say before we wrap up? You got to take the dog out. <laughs> I do, yeah. yeah. Thanks for listening. Yeah. Thanks for listening. I hope you enjoyed this. Uh, yeah. I hope you enjoyed Tuck's two barks. Too. <laughs> <laughs> cool. Thanks, everyone. All right. Thanks, everybody. Do what's fun. Do what's, what's fun. fun.
D&D&D is a Moorpark Media podcast and a Spotify preferred partner. Written and edited by me, James Gressel. D&D&D is performed by James A. Janice, Chelsea Rebecca, Beth Bradloff, and Mike Sagan.